0: Welcome to The Wall of Soundtrack, a show where we discuss the music and soundtracks behind the very best TV shows and motion pictures. For this episode, we'll be analyzing and dissecting the music and soundtrack behind Martin Scorsese's mafia crime drama film, Casino. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Orange Line Condo. If you're in the market for a condo in the DC metro area, you have to go with Orange Line Condo. Realtor Sean Battle has over 15 years of selling properties and is licensed in both the DC and Virginia area with Century 21 Redwood Realty. Sean has also been a top producer with the National Association of Realtors annually since 2005 and has been awarded yearly Century 21's top agent awards for sales and quality service. Sean is also not only a good friend of mine, but he is a great guy and a realtor that is in your corner. If you are in the market for real estate, don't hesitate. Call Sean Battle now and get your dream home. For more information and to schedule an initial consultation, visit www.orangelinecondo.com or call 703-999-8108. That's 703-999-8108. Hey guys, just a quick announcement. I have released a new podcast episode where I interview Nate Bergman, the lead singer and guitarist for the rock reggae band Lion Eyes. Lion Eyes is currently touring on their latest album, Nuclear Soul. They've also released a new three-song set called Cyber Attackers. I will also be seeing the band live with Clutch in Baltimore, Maryland at a venue called the Ram's Head Live. I'm super stoked to see this show. And Nate and I had a great conversation on this episode. We talked about a lot of cool topics. And if you're interested in learning more about the band, be sure to check this episode out. Casino is a mafia crime drama flick that was released in 1995 and was directed by Martin Scorsese and written by Nicholas Pelleggi. The two had previously collaborated together on the 1990s mafia film, Goodfellas. Casino was also based off of Pelegi's non-fiction book, Casino, Love and Honor in Las Vegas. Casino also had an all-star cast, including the following. Robert De Niro as Tangier's casino owner, Sam aethes Rothstein, Joe Pesci as gangster, Nicky Santoro. Sharon Stone as Ginger McKenna. James Woods as Lester Diamond. Frank Vincent as gangster Frankie Marino. Don Rickles as casino manager Barry Sherbert. And Kevin Pollack as frontman Philip Green. Sharon Stone would also go on to receive an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actress for her role as Ginger McKenna. My returning guest for this discussion is Cy Shackelford. Cy is a writer for the entertainment review and commentary website ActionAgoGo. Go. You can follow Cy's articles on the website www.actionagogo.com and you can also follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at shackhouse83. Here's my discussion with Cy on the music and soundtrack behind Martin Scorsese's epic crime drama film, Casino.
1: Hey, Sci, thanks for joining me again. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I've, look, I've been looking forward to this considering the week I've had. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, what's new
1: with uh, Action Go Go? Uh, we've got another managing editor now, and November, this past month, just yesterday, we were doing sci-fi. That was our theme for the month, and um, I did a, I did one piece on there about my best, what I think were the top ten best time travel movies. I even had some that weren't even action-related on there, like Groundhog Day. I thought it deserved honorable mention. Well, not honorable mention, but deserved to be part of the list because of his time travel aspect and because it's Bill Murray who starred in it. So.
0: Yeah, and he was in Ghostbusters, too. Oh, oh, yeah. That's another great, well, I guess sci-fi comedy, right?
1: It is, it is. It counts as sci-fi and comedy. Yeah. And then uh, you saw Creed too, right? I saw Creed too. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I liked... I liked it because I thought it was more of a direct, a spiritual sequel to Rocky Four in many ways, you know? Because they had like, because in the first Creed, they didn't even mention Ivan Drago at all. They didn't even show no pictures of him. And this one, he's back in with his own son, and he's got more lines in this one than he ever had in Rocky Four, which I thought was funny. Yeah.
0: And how do you think it compares to Ali in terms of the cinematography and boxing scenes?
1: Ali was better.
0: Ali was better you thought? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I may, may go see it tonight at uh, you know, at one of the theaters near my place.
1: You heard that, what's it called? That Sylvester Stallone, as of this film, he's retiring the Rocky Balboa character? Really? Yeah, really. So now, it it's kind of a cool spin off though, when you think about it. And I think at this point, based on how Creed turned out, Creed 2 turned out, it can stand on its own now. It doesn't need Rocky anymore.
0: Yeah, Sylvester's a genius, man. That guy's... He's rolling in the dough, I all
1: with his ideas, and he wrote he wrote Rocky, right? He wrote Rocky. He wrote all of them and directed the third, fourth, and fifth film. No, he didn't direct the fifth film. John Adelson, the director of the first one, did that one.
0: Okay, okay. So yeah, we have Casino, covering another Martin Scorsese picture. Oh yeah, this is a, a classic. Uh, another in the mob like crime drama genre. Uh, genre, and um,
1: I snuck in to see this when I was in seventh grade. I remember. Yeah, this, this film
0: it has, again, lots of great music, as we'll, we'll talk about, but also great performances with Joe Pesci, Sharon Stone, and, and Robert De Niro.
1: Oh, yeah, all Oscar-worthy performances, although Sharon Stone, she's the only one that actually got an Oscar nod for this film.
0: Yeah, and I don't know why Scorsese in the past always got, and his actors seem like, they always get kind of, you know, looked overlooked. And these, these, these types of awards.
1: They do. They do. Seriously. I mean, for years, I thought it was because Hollywood doesn't like Martin Scorsese. But then when The Departed came out and he got all the major accolades for that, it's like, are y'all throwing him a bone just because y'all didn't give it to him when Goodfellas came out? Yeah. Or is, do y'all really think this film was dope? Because it is dope, but I want to know what your decision was based off of.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Goodfellas and and Casino, those are two great films uh, casino, I feel like, is, uh, uh, in my opinion, a little bit, I, I, I like it a little bit more than Goodfellas, but I think uh, uh, it's tough. Like I think he should have got it for Casino. I think he should have got Best best Director for that.
1: Something, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was very stylish, the way he did the film, too. I mean, showing all the gaudy parts of Vegas, right. the casinos from both the customers and the um. And the people who actually run the town their perspectives too
0: yeah yeah and then i i love the editing too with felma shoemaker coming in uh again i mean she's really pretty much worked with him his entire career yeah she has and and then like like we were talking about on our last episode she won an academy award for the departed for oh yeah movie, so but yeah uh scorsese and nicholas i think peleggy peleggy yeah this is team name. back up again for for another another movie and you said this was based off of a, a, a book, right? Or his
1: book. Yeah, one of Pelegi's books that he did. Um, Casino, Love and Honor in Las Vegas. Gotcha.
0: And and some a lot of these characters are based off of actual... Real people. Real people. Yeah, they are. I had a question for you. And I want to, wanted to see what you thought about this. Uh, Ace, um, not Ace's character, but Andy Stone, uh-huh. who's the head of the Teamster
1: Union. Was he supposed to be Jimmy Hoffa? He may have been based on that because... Even though nobody knows what really happened to Hoffa, the way Andy Stone got killed in the film, like out in public, but nobody, nobody saw it.
0: Yeah. I mean, nobody still, no, to this day, nobody knows how Hoffa was killed. And I think that I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he wasn't killed that way. I don't think he was shot in public, but I guess...
1: Or maybe he's hiding.
0: Yeah, who knows. But to segue into that, this is Scorsese's making his, uh, or he's going to be releasing the film um, The Irishman. Which is
1: oddly, Netflix. oddly
0: enough, about Jimmy Hoffa and uh, I forget the uh, I forget the hitman, his name right now. I'm blanking on it, but he wrote a book. I think it was called "I Paint Houses," mm-hmm. and that's what the movie's about. Uh, is this hitman? And he, they, some believe that it's been disputed that he murdered uh, Jimmy Hoffa, but he was really, like, close with
1: him. And the other part about that movie is that it's a reunion between De Niro and Pesci and Scorsese as well, too. And and Al Pacino. And Al Pacino. I mean, Pacino's never been in a Scorsese film, to my knowledge. No, and... All three of them,
0: I don't think, have ever been in the same film. film right? Together,
1: not together. No. I know De
0: Niro and Pacino were in
1: Heat and then some other kind and Righteous of. Kill and The Godfather Part Two, even though they didn't share any screen time in that one. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. But um,
0: yeah, this 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 soundtrack's pretty awesome. Let's let's jump into the first song that's used for the opening credits, I believe. Yes. Chicago Symphony Orchestra, J.S.
1: Bach and uh, Matthew Passion. Yeah, Saint Matthew Passion. Saint Matthew Passion. That's what the song is actually something in German, I think, but that's what it translates out to. Saint Matthew Passion, BWV 244.
0: Yeah, I love that opening credit scene. Oh yeah, it's, it has the uh, the you know you, you have the explosion and the car the car bomb that goes off and De Niro goes flying and you kind of see him going across the screen
1: across the screen a body just like floating, um, flipping across the screen, explosion, fire amidst the backdrop of Las Vegas lights.
0: Yeah, and they have the yeah, like they have those lights in the background, kind of use this texture, mm-hmm. and it ju- it just works perfectly with with the opening credits, and I think the song too has its religious it know, overtones, which I think is kind of contradictory
1: to the theme of the and the given movie, the movie, right? Like, and given what we see everybody do in the film, was like you people don't have no gods, you don't worship no religion except yeah. for money. Yeah, they're not religious at all. These guys are
0: criminals, they're killing people, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, stealing money, uh, being involved in crime. So I think it's kind of, I like the juxtaposition. And, um, yeah,
1: I mean, it it kind
0: of fits in with the lavishness and kind of excess of Vegas and how over-the-top it is.
1: Over-the-top, exactly, yeah. Like the whole operatic tone of the song as well. It really just, like, highlights the city. Las Vegas is... The, the Empire in Las Vegas, the superficial elegance or glamour, that you want to call it, it's like, <laughs> and based on uh, De Niro's narration in the beginning of the film, in the opening scene, it's like, you got to trust somebody 100%, otherwise it doesn't work. But then, like, it has a whole new context when you watch the film the whole way through.
0: And I feel like they don't, like... I mean he they don't trust all of the characters don't really trust each other there's like all this deception
1: nor should they they should not trust each other at all yeah but I love I love the I love that
0: song and how they use it with the opening sequence uh, it's just great and then we go into
1: the Rolling Stones a long long while which was actually a B-side to one, there's one of their more famous songs Painted Black which we've heard covered numerous times especially this year for the promotions of the hbo tv series westworld they use a song a lot in there like a they don't they've been doing that a lot in recent years taking these older songs and putting like a having a choir sing them making it a little bit more darker and a lot more atmospheric than than the original version
0: yeah i yeah. feel like they put their own little spin on it exactly a rendition, and i feel it fits into kind of like the music industry you hear a lot of artists these days recovering there's a lot of covers there are, yes. Which kind of irritates me a little bit because I don't think it really pays homage to... In some cases, may not pay as much homage to the the artist, no, you know, depending whole, on
1: the cover. It's a whole new song altogether most of the time, yeah. Same lyrics, but it doesn't sound the same as the original at all. Yeah. And it's, I was going to say, for a long, long while, <laughs> this was the way it was used in the film, it's an establishing character moment for Joe Pesci's character, Nikki Santoro.
0: Yeah, who's... You know a, a essentially the muscle you know yes he, he uh he, he he takes out the uh takes out the garbage for for lack of a better lack of a better word and this song by the stones when it's when it when it's kind of fade when it fades in you get that sense of intensity like things are going to happen. escalate something's like very happen right fast here. yeah and and i like the, the the audit the editing that they did where when uh joe pesci starts attacking that 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 guy at the bar, they they um they increase the volume like it just like, and I and I feel like that kind of matches the escalation, you know like it did yeah yeah and they use it also in The Departed. Remember we we when um that tracking sequence where um, Leonardo DiCaprio's in jail and he's talking to the to the other uh, inmate and they they raise the level of uh, that song by
1: the Dropkick Murphy the Dropkick
0: Murphys yeah, yeah there's that that t- editing technique that they use and i mean it's it, it's it's subtle but i like it me you know? too
1: me too it just lets you know something's gonna happen in this scene yeah this scene it's, it's just it's just so it has scorsese's typical black humor in there yeah it's like uh, de niro's character just walks to a guy and asks me this is your pen and the guy just curses him out and de niro's just wondering why are you cursing me out for yeah. but then then uh joe pesci's character uh Nikki just takes the pen, just stabs the guy to death with it
0: repeatedly. And even even when you
1: think the guy like he's gonna stop, he, he starts going. stabbing him again. Mm-hmm. i was like, dude, he's dead. Get he's it, dead. Yeah. You know, like, let it let it go. And the way and the way he kills people with that kind of level of sociopathy reminds me of Pesci's character from Goodfellas, Tommy DeVito, who also had a real short fuse. Yeah, you just couldn't predict what that guy was gonna do. Nah. So, yeah,
0: that I feel like again, Scorsese's is kind of a master at, at using the songs, and they just fit perfectly with the atmosphere. You can take anything. He's- yeah, and he's, you know, we, we all know now, it's pretty obvious he loves the Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah. He's a huge fan and um, did that movie as well with them, Shine a Light. So our next song, Muddy Waters, uh, that is played when, um, I believe it's when uh, there's like a sequence where De Niro is, um, or maybe it's, Pe- maybe it's Pesci talking about De Niro and how, How well he was, how good of an earner he was. Yeah, Pesci's voiceover, yeah, yeah, Pesci's voiceover, and um, yeah, I mean this song, it's kind of badass, actually. Like it really shows how De Niro is a is a great casino manager. I mean, he just knows a lot about gambling.
1: A made man in his own eyes. I mean, he's not part of the, he can't be part of the Chicago outfit, the Italian mafia, because he's Jewish. But them trusting him to run the hotel, run, run the casino, the Tangiers Casino like this yeah and doing it well he feels like it's like he says in the film Las Vegas washes away the sins of people like me
0: yeah and in the lyrics too i think feel like it's 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 represented there by uh, muddy waters in this song uh, at the age of 5 my mother said i was going to be the greatest, greatest man, alive. man alive there it is right he's and it just it fits perfectly um, and i love that kind of blues uh, that blues rock kind of sound to it, and like, it like it, start stop.
1: Mm-mm, mm-mm.
0: Yep, mm-mm. and and, you, and like you said, I believe you said it was used in other other movies as well.
1: It was used in Goodfellas, yeah. The montage, the ten minute scene with a uh, Ray Liotta's character during his last day as a wise guy when he's on coke, has to take his brother to the hospital, get the coke ready for for what's his, what's her face he's facing on the plane with, and in the last part of that scene where he's with a with one of his a uh, one of his girlfriends, right? And he's snorting coke in her apartment. Yeah. That's when that song is playing. jeez. Oh, like, you think you can just come over and fuck me and leave?
0: <laughs> yeah, and then you have that crazy sequence where he's like, uh, they're cooking the meatballs and he's running around and the helicopter's fire, like, yeah. chasing him. That <laughs> whole pretty, sequence is pretty great. crazy. <laughs> and then uh, our next song here is by Mickey, Mickey and Sylvia. It's Love is Strange. And uh, this was... Um, I don't think I've ever heard this one before, but you, you, we were we were speaking earlier, and you said that this was from Dirty Dancing.
1: It was most famously used in Dirty Dancing, yeah. And I also heard it used in um, what was it? The Kevin Smith in nineteen ninety nine movie Dogma. Okay. Yeah, a scene where uh, Linda Fiorentino's character is in a diner talking to Jane Silent Bob. Okay, and and just to give some context for listeners, this
0: scene is when. Um, Ginger is is at the uh, what's it, the craps table. The craps table, yeah. And she's stealing chips from uh, the guy she, she's rolling with.
1: Yeah, and Sam Sam Rothstein, This is his first time seeing her ever. Although he's seeing her from like the the security the security Cameras. room, yeah. yeah.
0: And then they freeze frame it on her face when she throws all the chips up. Like mm-hmm. he, uh, he's kind of like locked onto her, and that's where you hit. You get this music comes in, and you have that provocative provocative like guitar piece. Oh yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where you, you know cool. that like. He he's he, he's definitely like hooked on her. You know he's, he's smitten. Yeah, it's, and it, I feel like it's another another great um, great song to put in there. And when you look at the lyrics, uh, really represents their uh, his fascination with her and the relationship. You know, love is strange. A lot of people take it for a game. Once you get it, you never want to quit. He's kind of
1: um, he's in love with her hopelessly, yeah. no matter how bad she is. No matter how bad she is to him or how in denial he is about her shortcomings. Yeah. And for her, this whole thing is a game. No matter how, I feel like no matter how not right
0: they are for each other. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, um, yeah, then we have, uh, what, next song Roxy by Roxy Music, Love is the Drug. Yeah. And this is, um, I believe it's with um, James Woods, right, and Ginger and their...
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. The scene where it's used the first time is um, when it's shown when Ginger, when they go through like they take you through her hustle, how she, how she talks to the the valets outside, how she like pays them off, how she pays the guards inside, how she pays the um the floor manager. Right. Basically, she takes care of everybody in order to get her way in the casino, and it talks about how her first love for anything is just money. Right. Yeah, they say, uh, it's contrast with the Roxy music song where they say, love is a drug for me, Uh, excuse me, for Ginger, money is a drug for her.
0: And also, Lester's kind of a drug too, right?
1: Right, yeah, they introduce, in the same scene, they introduce Lester Diamond, played by James Woods. He's basically her pimp, and she takes care of him no matter how bad he is to her, just the way Sam takes care of her no matter how bad she is to him. Yeah, she keeps going back. Yeah, to him for more.
0: You know, it's, it's like a drug, right? You it's know? like a drug. She's drug. hooked. She's hooked on it. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, and even in even in the even in the, uh, even in the uh, scene, I believe he, or a couple scenes later, he's doing drugs. He's doing coke. <laughs> what Lester? The Lester, yeah,
1: yeah. A few scenes later, yeah. The, everybody in the film is doing coke except for Sam Rothstein.
0: Yeah, yeah, and. Um, it's kind of interesting because um, I never really knew if Ginger was an actual prostitute or not. I mean, I know, like, I know,
1: you know, you just said that Lester was uh, Ginger's pimp, but I don't think she was a prostitute, right? She's based off a real person named Jerry, uh, Jerry McGee. Okay. But I don't know if that name was like a prostitute kind of actually, but I don't know if she actually was one
0: herself. Yeah, that's interesting. But um, anyways, the uh, then the next song here is by Jeff Beck. Uh, it, uh, I ain't superstitious, and that is that is the scene where they find the cheaters in the casino.
1: Yeah, that was a good scene. That was I love that scene. one. The way the way when you want to know what De Niro was looking at when he's looking at one person, it's like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. The guy's winning.
0: Yeah, and he, he starts- was he was having like that beautiful mind moment where he was connecting all the dots, and there's a <laughs> lot, there's a lot going on there. Which which is why I think this song works so well with it because of the like the guitar part. Oh you Get yeah. that kind of like bluesy wah pedal, so it kind of feels
1: like there's there's something kind of a, a complicated going on. And they, and like you said earlier, the motif about them upping the volume and to go with the intensity of a scene. That's what they use that right here as well too. Yeah. And then that guy gets shocked by the cattle prod. That was so fun. <laughs> Before he's like, bring out Mister Happy, make him loud. Yeah. <laughs> the reason, cattle prod just like zaps the guy real quick like yeah. anybody see that yeah he just kind of like sneaks <laughs> in there and the uh, he, you know the, the cattle prod
0: comes out of his little suit jacket yeah it does runs. yeah and De Niro's De Niro's like narration over that is so funny where he's like he, they would never knew what hit him if they got hit by a
1: cattle prod yeah and when and when he knows he got hit by a cattle prod he'll wish it was a heart attack
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like man down man down che- cheater's justice is what they call that seat.
0: yeah he's like can you shuffle with your he's like you can shuffle with your left right like no even
1: no, sh- when he's like, he's got his hand hands, on the table. hands on the table. Like, you can shuffle. Do you shuffle? I'm curious. Can you shuffle with both hands? No. <laughs> so only with your left. No, I never tried it. So you're righty. Yeah. Get him. <laughs> Hammers his right hand. Beats it <laughs> with a hammer. Yeah, he's lucky he didn't get it
0: cut off, right? He was going to bring the, uh, the, the saw, saw out. The saw out, right? yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't know, too, that another interesting thing is that this song um, had Rod Stewart singing on it. Yeah, right? it did, actually. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought I was like... That sounded like him. I, you know, when I heard it, I was like, "That sounds like Rod Stewart." But
1: early Rod Stewart, like early late Rod, '60s. Yeah.
0: yeah. But uh, yeah, this is this is a this is a really cool song, and um, I think fits in well with the complexity of of the uh, cheating that's going on at the, at the 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 craps table and poker table.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and considering the title of the song, "I Ain't Superstitious." Sam was right to be considering that the people were cheating. Sam was properly paranoid in that scene. Yeah, he was to something for sure. Yeah, and and like you said earlier in the film, the house rule in the casino is the house is not like to lose. Yeah, no,
0: not at all. And then we go to Rolling Stones. Can you hear me? Can't you hear? Can't you hear me knocking? Which I love. This is one of my favorite songs that's in this movie. Oh yeah, because it just works so perfectly. You have that tracking shot. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's Pesci at the, uh, the Gold Rush, his jewelry store. Yeah, and, yeah. and they really, it's, I love how Scorsese does this. He introduces each uh, member of the crew with mm-hmm. that tracking shot. So you have like uh, Frank Vincent's character. Um, Frank Marino. Frank Marino. And then you have uh, his, the his brother Dominic. Brother Dominic, yeah. And they introduce all of the different uh, people in his crew. And then they go into, uh, you know, this, the,
1: the scenes where they're robbing people. Rob people, extorting people in the in the in the bookie area. It's yeah. basically causing mayhem more than more than the bosses or Sam would actually like.
0: Yeah, and and we were talking about this where you know where can't you hear me knocking? That song title is pretty 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 perfect for this scene because Nikki's being very reckless. He's being loud. Yeah, and it's almost like uh, he's knocking on the door like, hey, I'm
1: I'm coming in. I'm gonna I'm gonna rob you guys. Yeah, I'm gonna hop and pop and blow your house down. Yeah. Yeah. And, it was, and I remember it was used in the opening credits of the 2000 film, the Johnny Depp film, Blow. Right? And considering that film was about cocaine, there's a line in the song that has cocaine eyes. Cocaine eyes, yep. Yeah, and Nicky and his crew, they're all on coke all the time. And they show it. They show them snorting the coke. Yeah. And there's a scene in the film where you actually see it, where the camera goes from the straw's perspective, sucking the coke in the nose. Yeah, I love like that. That was cool. Yeah, that's cool, like cinematography. It is. Yeah. Like and a vacuum. Yeah. And then,
0: then De Niro was narrating, and he's like, yeah, they're getting really sloppy, right? Like, because like of, of the coke, and they were, like, like talking about how Pesci couldn't beat up somebody. He was a guy who like,
1: hit him with one punch, or one time to do that. Now he needs, like, two or three.
0: Yeah. And then they actually fade in. We I don't think we were talking about this initially, but it was um, another Rolling Stones song, uh, Give Me Shelter. And I've, I don't know if it's actually the Stones doing that song. I think mm. it's a cover.
1: No, no, no. It's, it's a live version of them doing it, actually. Okay. Yeah. They use a studio version, and they use a live version twice in this movie, actually. Okay. Uh, again, during the scenes where Nikki, where Nikki and his people are getting really sloppy. Yeah, and they start shooting people's <laughs> houses up. House like, yeah, like disproportionate retribution. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're going to have all this heat coming down on you like if you don't like yeah. shape up. And, he, and he's arrogant about it. He's like, you're already in the black book. Nicky's like the black book is bullshit. Only two names are in the black book. One of them is still Al Capone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Nikki just didn't give a shit. Like yeah, he, he didn't care. Yeah, he did not care. And it so, came back at him later. Yep. And we have the Moody Blues. Uh, that's the next song, "Nights in White Satin," and um, yeah, this this song goes pretty well. I'm not I'm not as familiar with the Moody Blues, but <laughs> it's kind of funny because. The Moody Blues, uh, the name of the band, The Moody Blues. And then this scene, I feel like, is, is for lack of a better word, moody. Yeah, know? it is. Yeah. That,
1: that's a good point. I didn't even think about that before.
0: Yeah. And uh, so can you tell me a little bit about this scene? or
1: Yeah. Um, this, it happens after, what's it called? after Lester's beating, I think. Where after, after Sam figured out that uh, Ginger was still going, was giving money, giving his money over to Lester Diamond. He had his people track her down, and then Sam he he he's never he's never touched a gun or any kind of weapon in this film, but he's just as intimidating. Because yeah. He goes in he goes in the restaurant, sits at their table, and acts like everything's all cordial, but you can tell there's this menacing overtone about him, right? That something's about to happen, and <laughs> he's got his he got he's got his goons at the door and outside, and he basically tells Lester, "Get the fuck out of here! Don't ever talk to my wife again." And Lester leaves. He's intimidated, but then he tells her, "Ginger, come outside. I want to show you something." Yeah. And then he shows he shows Lester getting beat by his goons right in front of Ginger, and she's hysterical. She's upset. It was my fault. Don't yeah. hurt him. Yeah. And then, but the scene where the Moody Blue song is used is immediately after when she goes to Nikki and talks to him about it, and, and Nikki comforts her. They're not having a full blown affair, but you can tell the seeds are being planted in this scene.
0: Yeah, it's it's developing slowly. Um, and then we look at the the lyrics, beauty. I'd always missed with these eyes before. Just what the truth is, I can't say anymore, because I love you. Yes, I love you. It's kind of hinting at that.
1: Yeah, you know that there's some something developing something between there. Yeah. yeah, it may not really be love, but yeah, something's there.
0: Yeah, and then uh, we'll jump to the next song by Clarence Frogman. Henry ain't got no home, and this this is actually. Where actually,
1: where is this song, uh, in the movie? I'm oh, the blanking scene on it. The scene—it's during the scene where um Nikki, at this point, Nikki is persona non grata all throughout Vegas. Even at Sam's, even at the Tangiers, nobody will let him in there. He's got too much heat on him. Oh yeah, this is the scene with the dealer, right? And he's like with he's, the female dealer and the male dealer, where he just treats them like shit, like throwing the cards right back at them. Yeah, and
0: it sounds like it almost sounds like a like a clown show or something. Like it, I, I mean. It, ain't gonna Yeah, it sounds and it is. It's a shit show. I mean,
1: it is. It is, and oh my goodness, it's it's just funny the way he abuses the dealers, and one of the dealers in there I recognize him from the 1988 film Rain Man. Oh wow! During the famous casino scene in there, yeah, yeah, it's like that's the same guy that was telling him don't touch the cards, don't touch the cards. Yeah. It's like he must actually work in the casino, I think, or out in Vegas. He, he does look like a like a
0: dealer. Like I mean, when I was out in Vegas, I saw a lot of dealers that looked very similar to, to him. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised. But this this is funny because Don Rick Don, Don Rickles, Rickles he's a comedian and he's like uh, he's like. The second in command, right? The, the, casino,
1: the casino. The casino manager, yeah, the second in command. Yeah, and then Pesci just gets so mad he hits him with a telephone. And <laughs> yeah, when he turns around, he sees Rickles right in his Billy Sherbert that's his character's name. He sees Billy right in his face, not saying nothing, looking like he looking like he wants to do something to him. Yeah. Like what the hell are you looking at? You, you old fucking Jew just beats him with the phone, then pulls off the wall and just hits Throws him with it. The, <laughs> it's like poor Don Rickles, right? Yeah, uh-huh. how are you gonna do with Don Rickles? He probably you probably mad at him because he roasted you earlier. Yeah, yeah, and he does have some moments in
0: the film. I think with the. Um the, the gambler, the Chinese gambler that comes in, or Japanese gambler. Oh, yeah. Comes and he's, like, he's like, better, you know. we Better have...
1: down here than up there.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just has some kind of funny moments there. You don't see a lot of, like, his uh, his comedy in the film, but he has, like, little moments there, little one-liners, and uh, it's pretty funny. But, yeah, it is. And I think the lyrics work perfectly with this scene, too. Ain't got no home, uh, no place to roam. And, uh, you know, it's pretty pretty uh, representative of um, Nikki's. Problems. He can't even come into a casino, he's banned.
1: And they gave me an excommunicator, yeah, but that, that's the problem, it's a problem that he created and he's oblivious to it.
0: Yeah, he just doesn't care. He just doesn't care. And then we go to our next song by Harry Nilsson, Without You. And and this is um this is that scene where they kidnap, right? They kidnap uh, James Wood. Um,
1: Ginger takes off with her and Sam's daughter, Amy. Yeah. Yeah, they say they were going to go to Beverly Hills for the weekend, but then when Sam calls her hotel, they're like, Mr. and Mrs. Rothstein has already checked out. He's like, Mr. Rothstein? Actually, <laughs> Sam got suspicious and knew what was up. Yeah. Put some people to track them down, and then got a phone number for, Le- for the house that Lester was in. <laughs> James Woods, he's so funny. He is great in that scene. <laughs> he is. It's so funny. He's like, shut your mouth. Like, okay, we're going to go to Paris, okay? We're going to go see... I don't want to go to Paris. I want to see the elephants. We're not going to see the fucking elephants, all right? We're going to go to fucking Europe. Let the adults talk. <laughs> he, 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 him and Ginger are doing coke in front of the kid. And Jimmy Woods, his rapid fire speech like that, it's like, oh, were you actually doing coke in this scene? <laughs> James Wood is James Woods is playing James Woods, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, pretty much. It's like the episode of Entourage that he was in. Yeah. Where, where Johnny Drama just like basically punks him for tickets and calls him Jimmy Woods the whole time. <laughs> yeah, fuck Jimmy Woods. <laughs> yeah. He was great and he's like, I'm gonna send this kid to
0: fucking Bolivia in a box.
1: Yeah. Get in the fucking passenger side. And I'm sending this kid of yours to Bolivia in a fucking box. <laughs> <laughs> I remember just seeing that. Every time I see that scene, I just crack up. They don't, just, they don't even have it on YouTube. They got like a, a foreign Italian version of it, but it's like, ain't the same thing. I want to hear Jimmy Woods curse somebody out. <laughs> and then you, you, this is like pretty much a, a culmination of of, uh, of all
0: these, you know, the scenes that happened in Casino with, um, with De Niro and, and Sharon Stone, their relationship, just going down the tubes. And the lyrics for this song... I think match up with that with, with that statement, you know, I can't live if living is without you. I can't live. I can't give any more. I mean, she's
1: done. She's he, done. Yeah. And it's like the thing of it is, Sam doesn't realize if you look at the song from his point of view, it's like he's so in love with Ginger. But the thing of it is, he actually is better off without her. Yeah. 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 But she has to keep coming back to him, right? Because she needs money. She needs money. Yeah. And she knows a lot, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, she does know a lot about the, the, the criminal aspect of it, right? mm-hmm. her element.
1: And what she threatens him with later in the film.
0: Yeah. And then we go to our next song, B.B. King. The thrill is gone. I love this song. Oh, this is a great song. It's a great song. And it, it, it also shows up in uh, one of my other favorite crime movies, Heat.
1: It's in there? Yeah,
0: it's in there. It's in the scene where uh, all of the um, detectives are out at the bar and... Um, They're like dancing with each, you know, um, Pacino's dancing with his wife, and um, they sit down and they sit down with everybody else at the uh, the table, and you hear it in the background. Okay, it's playing. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of faint, so you can't really hear it real real too well if if you're not. um,
1: And he eventually has to be called out for a case. Yeah,
0: yeah, the murder. So. Yeah, I love it in that scene. I I love it in this movie as well.
1: I love how B.B. King, he just lets the guitar talk for him, really. You don't even
0: need no lyrics in this song. Yeah, he doesn't even need to sing. His guitar is like, you know, it it replaces the vocal element.
1: It is, yeah, yeah. And um, what song song is it, is it a follow-up through? Uh, The song where... I Can't Get No Satisfaction. No, not that one, not that one, not that one. Oh, the moody blues and nights in white satin, where we first see the seeds of an affair with Nikki and Ginger Bean Planet. Well, now the, with this song, the BB King song, the thrills Gondo seeds have been growing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then this is where they, essentially they have the, the affair. They have the affair starting right here, yeah, and this is where everything kind of starts falling apart because now you know Remo and 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 the the crew, the mob crew, and they know
1: um, they all know that Nikki is messing with Ginger. Yeah, and they and that's a big taboo in the Italian mafia. You don't mess with another man's wife. Yeah, even if even if Sam himself is not mafia, but he's in he's held in high regards by the by the Chicago outfit.
0: Yeah, and then Remo calls Frank Marino, and <laughs> I love that. It's like the only the little guy.
1: He wouldn't be fucking the Jew's wife, is he?
0: <laughs> it's the only scene too where Frank Vincent actually has like a, a voiceover mm-hmm. in the movie, and they just freeze frame it, and you're like. And you actually think at a, at, a, at a certain point there's something wrong with the movie because it freeze frames. Yeah. And then then it, and he hears it, his voice. Yeah. And he's like, "What could I say?" He's like, "He's like, I had to lie.
1: If <laughs> I tell <laughs> the truth, everybody, everybody, most likely be killed. If I say no, I would be killed." Yeah. Yeah. I love I love Frank Vincent, man. He's such a good he's such a good actor. Yeah, he was fun to watch in everything he did, even the even when he was in the Sopranos too. Yeah, him playing Phil Leotardo. Oh yeah, and in the, the scene before this. The scene where, what's it called, where, where uh, Sammy kicks Ginger out. He drags her, drags her like like I did Tina Turner and what's love got to do with it. Drags her in the closet, throws some clothes at her. They start arguing, yelling. He curses her out. And she's like, how can I love you? You treat me like I'm your dog, bitch. You're lower than a dog.
0: Jeez. Yeah. Um, then we go to... For the next song, it's by Devo, and it's a cover of the Rolling Stones' I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Yeah.
1: Now, where is this again? Where is this again in the movie? I was looking it's for it. It's used twice. Uh, the scene where um, where Sam gets called home, right? He gets called home. I get, yeah, he gets called home and finds that his daughter is tied up in the bedroom. Okay. Right, and said that uh, Ginger did that. Then when he drives over to go see Ginger is playing there. And it's playing in the, in the scene where um, what's the other scene? Oh yeah, when Sam goes back to the house and it's Billy Sherbert come back to the house with the shotgun. Oh yeah, 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 I remember that. This is when the like uh, De Niro and
0: Stone are, Sharon Stone are having the fight. Yeah, and uh, she starts like smashing the car.
1: Yeah, she starts driving. <laughs> I'll drive right through this goddamn living room. She kept just driving, yelling, screaming. I'm like. This is almost comedic. Yeah, yeah, it's like a like kind of dark comedy. <laughs> it is. Yeah, he, he's like, like, I'm not gonna let you in the house. You're high. You, you've been drinking. He's like, don't you threaten me? Don't you threaten me? That's that that scene
0: right there is when I was like, Sharon Stone deserves an Oscar. Yeah, for she this can. Cause...
1: Yeah, she can act. I mean, what's it called? I, I'm not even thinking about you in your usual shit where you take off all your clothes and have a sex scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, she was just. She was really, really incredible in the casino. Yeah, she was. <laughs> She's like throwing throwing leaves at Throwing leaves
1: at him and Madeno's like <laughs> he has his hand like, see this? See
0: this? <laughs> it almost reminded me of when De Niro is in Beat uh, the Parents,
1: just like that, that kind of comedy element where he's like, he's like, see this, see this? like, He's dry, he's dry, he's so like, he just has to make a facial expression and it's funny. Yeah, and he's standing there in his robe, you know? <laughs> if she calms down, I am calm! If she calms down, I'll let her in the house and get a few of her things. Yeah and he starts talking to the the, the cops outside he's like yeah.
0: yeah well yeah my wife's pregnant you know well,
1: congratulations. Oh, congratulations thank you It's so awkward and then when she comes back out and she's like and it would be great if one of you guys can escort me to the bank because he's been threatening me <laughs> she pulls away and the car's stuck to the back <laughs> pulls off the pulls off the bumper you know yeah it does yeah
0: such a shit show, and then the <laughs> FBI get involved, like end up pulling her over, and it's after, after like she oh. took all that
1: money from the bank. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, and yeah. that's and that's when everything starts to go down. Oh, yeah, and the song is still playing. What's it called? Right when the FBI, when they start capturing everybody, right before the um the actual trial of the of the, the main mafia dons, the one where um the scene where Artie P- Arthur Piscano, I think yeah. his name is the the Kansas City underboss that kept notes on everything. Yeah. And they were going through his home, and they found the ledger. They're like, what did I found, boys? No, no. And he has a heart attack right then and there and drops dead in front of his wife in the FBI. And
0: the irony in that scene, right? Because in uh, the grocery store, a few scenes, like earlier in the movie, he, he's he's talking to his mom, mother. who's actually Mark, Mark Scorsese's, Scorsese's mom. Yeah, she's like, don't have a heart attack. You're cussing too much. And then he has a heart
1: attack <laughs> later. One, like a haymaker right then and there, yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's a, there's Scorsese's dark dark humor there, but yeah. it
1: takes it further in the next song.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then then the animals, the house of uh, house of the rising sun, and this is played. This is a long sequence where they play this song. It's like where the, the assassinations, like everything's kind of coming undone. They play the whole song all the way through, actually. Yeah. Yeah. They and then you see the assassinations.
1: You know, they're they're clipping all of the people involved and Pesci's voiceover. He narrates the whole thing going down. He's like. When you knew when these guys when you knew the 25 these guys could get 25 years to life for skimming a casino, sicker no fuck or no fucking if You knew people were gonna have to drop. Yeah. So what about Andy? He's cool. He's a Marine. He's like his dad. He ain't gonna snitch. Remo. Re- Re- uh, why take a chance? That's what I think. Yeah. And then sure enough, Andy Stone he gets killed, and Pesci's like, as much as they liked him, he wasn't one of them. He wasn't Italian. He could have snitched on all of them. Yeah. And they got them two old guys going around being the assassin shooting everybody. Yeah.
0: They just look kind of goofy and out of place. So. It's like you
1: guys are hitmen?
0: Yeah. How old are y'all? Yeah. I'm surprised they were uh, you know, able to do what they were doing. And travel
1: and travel to, to go where they were going. Because They killed one guy, they trapped him in Costa Rica. Yeah. And it's like they shot him in the stomach. He walks out of the room, yeah. falling down. They push the gun to the top. It's like, "Where are you going, Jag off?" Yeah. It's pretty intense. Pretty it, intense. It is and what was? What else happened in the same scene? The scene where what's it called? We it, it goes full circle back to the beginning of the film where we see Sam getting in the car and it explodes. Yeah. And we learn what really happened there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how Nikki was trying to take him out.
1: Yeah. And let's go, He's like, what do he say? He said the bombing was never authorized, but I suspect I know who lit the fuse. And so did the, the powers, powers that be. be. Yeah. Then we see Nikki. He's in the cornfield thinking everything's calmed down, everything's all good again. But then you see Frank, uh, Frank Marino, Frank Vincent pull out a baseball bat, hit him in the back with it, and in his narration, the voiceover yeah, just he's suddenly like, ah. stops. Yeah, he's like, ah. it's also a song like ah.
0: Yeah. You cocksucker. Yeah, it, that is probably one of the most disturbing scenes in a in a mob crime like crime film I've ever seen in my life. Like that, <laughs> what happens to Nicky Santoro, and just getting beat by. Uh, His own know. crew, yeah,
1: like Hammer- the
0: guys that he rolled with, and especially Frank, like.
1: Uh. But then that's that's another irony right there too, because Frank Vincent, the actor that plays played Frank Marino. He was already beaten down or killed by Pesci in two other previous Scorsese films, Goodfellas and Raging Bull. Yeah. So in many ways, this is meta-commentary and meta-revenge. Yeah, and his character name in Goodfellas was Billy, Billy bats. bats. Yeah, <laughs> and he beats his motherfucker with baseball bats. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> he was holding two of them at one time with his brother's body to be and <laughs> drop-hitting him. Yeah. Like, so, you see? Watch!
0: Yeah, it was, it was very disturbing. Oh, I will man. say, like, uh, but, you know... I guess you learn a lesson, right? Don't get involved in that type of, uh, that type of line of work. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. And and the thing of it is, it's based on something that really happened too, where they, they beat a guy to a pulp and buried him alive in a desert cornfield. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: but, uh, again, it's still, uh, I, I love how kind of Scorsese sticks to to the realism and, and really, um, you know, like the book, him working with Nick and Mm -hmm. Nick Pelleggi and, um, it's just a great movie, man. I
1: love it. It was fun to watch. And th- this song, again, it's like, uh, to get more analytical into it a little bit, I mean, because the way they use it in the film, that would, for me, that was one of the highlights of the film right there, however disturbing it may have been. Yeah. Because the song itself, it's pretty, it's the Animals version is pretty dark, with the dark guitar chords in there as well. Yeah. And it reminded me of the Killing montage from Goodfellas when they use... The Layla Piano Coda song by Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah. When, when Jimmy Conway, uh, De Niro's character in that film, was taking out everybody who knew about the robbery. Yeah. Only that song sounded a lot more upbeat. This one is just real dark. It's like they're getting rid of everybody. Yeah. And this, this was used in um,
0: in some other films, right? Like, I think it was maybe used in Django Unchained? I
1: don't think it was used there. Okay. Yeah, they, they wouldn't have used it there. Mm.
0: I, I I was thinking about this today on my drive here. I thought I heard it in something. I thought maybe it was Apocalypse
1: Now, or I no that wasn't there. I was thinking, I was thinking I may have heard this song in the original Miami Vice series, but okay. it was another Animal song. We got to get out of this place. Okay, yeah,
0: that's maybe maybe that's where I'm getting confused because they have so many good songs that are out, that are out there, you know, and been used in various films and TV shows. So,
1: and the title of the song was pretty ironic: "The House of the Rising Sun." Well, it's ironic because right then and there it's being used in a montage showing the sun setting on the mob's Las Vegas empire. Yeah, exactly. And then everything changes, right? Everything changes, yeah. Like, what's it called? When Sam, he survives the car bombing, and they go through a montage of what happens when the Teamsters and the mob got kicked out of Vegas and the corporations took over. The, The last line he had during the montage was like, after the teams just got knocked out of the box, the corporations took over and practically tore down every one of the old casinos. And where they get the money from to rebuild the pyramids? Junk bonds. Junk bonds. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and like I, you know, I've I've talked to some um, some people and they were saying that you know Vegas used to actually be better when the mob was running it as opposed to when the corporations took over the casinos because you could like. You know, uh, the service was better, and 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 De Niro kind of talks about that in the, his
1: like, kind of ending monologue. Yeah, is like if you order room service, you're lucky if you get it by Thursday. Yeah, and and he's like the dealers knew your name, what you drank, what your usual betting amount was. Now it's like some twenty five year old with a with a college degree wants to know your social security number. Yeah, yeah,
0: but yeah, yeah it's it's a good movie, man. I'm and, and you know to tell you the truth, I'm looking forward to to The Irishman.
1: It'll be their first time back together in over 20 years, Scorsese and De Niro. Yeah. Because Casino, to date, that was their last film they did together.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and De Niro is just such a phenomenal actor. P- Pesci, too, and, and Pacino. I thought Pesci was retired, though, but apparently not. Yeah, he, he kind of crept into, um, I think, one of De Niro's movies that he directed. Um, I want to say it was about spies. Like it, I forget the name of it.
1: But, they, um De Niro directed? Yeah.
0: I forget the name of it. I'm blanking on it. Um, it came out a long time ago, though. I think it was. Um, it was about spies, and De Niro was in it himself, and he directed it. And I believe some other, you know, Pesci was in it, and then I believe maybe Alec Baldwin was in it too. But don't quote me on that.
1: Can't think of what that might be. It's yeah, I'd have to
0: pull up IMDb, but you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey, man, thanks for doing this. I, this was great, and uh, really enjoyed covering the songs in this film and we'll have to do another one soon
1: oh, we will do another one
0: soon all right yeah right. <laughs> take care you too brother podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Acast, Google Music, Stitcher. So if you don't mind, please leave a review and give me some feedback. I'd really appreciate that. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm also on Untapped. My username is BrewTuned. This is Andrew signing off. Cheers.